We read from Haggai 1, found on page 1468. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, The time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I might may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home I blew away. Why, be declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces, on men and cattle, and on the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the year, second year of King Darius. Thank you, Darren. It's Good to reflect on God's word this morning from the prophet Haggai. And as a congregation, we want to, to reflect too on God speaking into our lives through his word again as we think about this whole renewal project. We've been working on this, this thinking about, yeah, how we as a church would be built up and renewed. In God's grace. And so the tie to Haggai is too. They're building and, and working and, and seeking to do that kind of work. 
And so we have looked at, at a number of things through the last number of weeks of, of what that renewal might involve and how it, it's going to and it needs to essentially focus us on Christ. And so we have that focus here this morning, how, how we want to just be renewed in our vision for ministry and so how that continues to work itself out in us. That, that we want to see too, people stand up and give leadership in the work of ministry here. And that even as people look in, as they, as they see and as they take part, that they too would be welcomed and enfolded. And those are all just very essential parts of what it means to be church and what, what we would just want our Lord to do more and more in us and among us. So out of thinking all of that and out of reading in Acts, uh, I've been talking to people too and, and to reading through the book of Acts. People have been been just very receptive to that and thinking about and wondering about what the Lord would want us to do as, as we see again what he did in the early church in the book of Acts. All of that going forward, we trust the Spirit's leading in that and nothing is, nothing is set or, or anything official yet, but we are just opening our hearts and minds to, to God's leading in this way. This morning recognizing as we go in this direction at the very same time, we need to be aware that things come up that hinder, that that cause us to hesitate, that hamper us in wanting to do this, in wanting just to be more of a church that God would want to bless and work in. And so the reality of sin, the reality of Satan, who is always seeking to oppose the work of God and, and to destroy the work of the church, that reality is also here and is seeking to make us ineffective and unproductive. In one Peter chapter, in two Peter chapter one, verse eight, that's the warning Peter gives to the church. You don't want to be ineffective and unproductive. And that always strikes me. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to be that way as Christians or as a church. Ineffective, unproductive? No, we want to be an effective witness. We want to be a place where the building of the kingdom goes on. And so we need to be aware of hindrances because they are, are, always, they are always there. Even as God made his people aware of them long ago through the prophet Haggai, he wants us to know and to guard against when, when things run a little stuck. And we might think too, what's, what's the point? And, and just give up. The task God had for his people here at the time in the book of Haggai was to rebuild the temple of Jerusalem. It was a very specific task of building the kingdom. The temple had been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar and now under King, Darius, under King Cyrus had allowed the, the exiles to go back and they were rebuilding the temple. And so this was the task at hand. Zerubbabel, the governor, uh, leads them and they get to work on the temple right away and it actually goes good. Like after the exiles come back, the the actual temple mount is is a huge mound and and in in the time when when Nebuchadnezzar destroyed it, he he destroyed the temple and then if if you've been to Jerusalem, there's a whole mound, there's there's a huge hill, blocks piled up and like the temple is raised up above the surrounding area. 
And so when they got back, Zerubbabel and the people, they started to, to fix that, that mound, first of all. And that took two years. And, and they were doing great. It was going well. Everything was coming together really nicely. But once that mound was complete, it was, it's a big area. It was all leveled off. It was ready for the actual temple building to be built on it. And at that point then a bunch of the neighboring uh, people saw that, whoa, this actual effort is going ahead, and, and we don't like that, and they started to protest back to Babylon and to local leaders, and they managed to stop the work. And so, so no more work was done. It was just a, the mound. Uh, it was like, yeah, if, if you build a house, you put in the basement, and that's it. It just stops. And so there it sat. And it sat for 16 years. Nothing was done. And it wasn't, it wasn't that the threats and those who had worked to stop the work kept bothering them. No, it, 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 just, it was stopped and then the people could have started up again, but they never did. They were just disappointed. They, they were disappointed God had allowed the work to stop and it was, it was a setback, but then through that setback, they lost interest altogether. And they got busy with their own things. And so that's the situation when we have here Haggai written in that context, and he calls the people back to building God's kingdom, to build that temple. And, and he, he wants to highlight as a prophet of God the importance of keeping the work of God, the things of God, central and a priority. And so, so really, in the background of his prophetic message is the understanding of the whole Old Testament, which has reasons why the temple needed to be built, reasons why God needed to be at the center. And the first one is that, that we are called to live a God-centered life to begin with. That we are people created by God. We are aware of, of God's presence upholding all things. And that's, that's so vital for us, even in the world today, with the election of Donald Trump. People are all upset in all kinds of ways. What, what do we need at the center? We need to recognize that God used Nebuchadnezzar in a certain way, that God used King Cyrus in a certain way, that God used Darius in a certain way, and God will use Mr. Trump. And so we are not lost. We are not in despair. We live a God-centered life, and that impacts us in every way. And so our confidence is in God, though things might look a little uncertain at times. So that's the importance. A solid, visible declaration the temple would be that, our church now, that our hope is in God. The temple represents a God-present life, that God is living and active in Jesus by the Holy Spirit right now. I asked people this week, where did you see God? And people responded right away. It was amazing that it was so warm, that it was so dry, 
that we could get a large amount of the crop off. Some got everything off. What is that? Well, we have a God-centered, active God perspective. We called on God, and he answered us. And that's why we need to have a church of faith at the center. Because that's how we understand and see, and that is the reality we live in, a good and gracious God. I saw God today at the, or this week at the Remembrance Day service. That whole place was packed again. And young and old, standing, remembering, giving thanks for the freedom we have, and we could be there, and we could read Scripture, and we could pray. We said the Lord's Prayer together. God was evident, very present. So we need to see that. We need to recognize that. I saw it here in this church at the funeral of Jerry Dornenbaugh. People said, too, it was, it was a very uplifting funeral with, with the kids taking part and the songs and the singing and the sharing of testimonies. It was beautiful. God was here, present, and we were all encouraged, everyone who was here, Peter herself, and the whole family. That's what we have at the center. That's what we continue to seek and build up as a church. So that's central importance. And then the God-reconciled life. The temple in the Old Testament was a place of sacrifice where sins were forgiven. The church continues to point us to the sacrifice of Christ where sins are forgiven. And this reminds us of the central need that we have, our sins forgiven. That's what we need. More than new stuff, houses, cars, food, clothes, anything. This is what we need in our very soul. And so this is of first importance, to have a church, a church fellowship that gathers around the word, around the sacrament. This is our hope, our center And so in Haggai's day too, the people needed to see that. They needed to understand that, to live into that and to live it out. And so Haggai's message grows out of that temple that needs to be a priority for them. And so he comes with that message. Now there are things that get in the way. There are things that stop the sense of of the importance and the urgency of, of having God at the center. And the first one, as I mentioned, is disappointment. Philip Yancey, he wrote a book, Disappointment with God. An excellent book, a bestseller, and it keeps in mind that reality. When we get disappointed in things... Then, then things start to really break down when we get disappointed with God. So here, too, the people had been working on the, on the temple, on that foundation, and, and great progress, but then it got stopped, and then they're just disappointed. How can God let this happen? And they just quit. They quit. We're not going to do this anymore. And that happens to us, too. In our faith, when we are going along in life and things are actually pretty good and things are actually going along fairly well and then something happens. Can be an illness, can be an accident, can be a broken relationship. All kinds of things that Satan can throw into our lives and and we're disappointed, all right? It's like, how can this be? How can a God who loves me let this happen? And then we get a little frustrated. And we say, well, ah, who cares about God? I don't need the church. I'm just disappointed. I'm not going to do anything with that anymore. 
And that's a real risk in our lives too. The struggles, the concerns can be a way of, of the Satan pulling us away. Then there's distractions. And here in Haggai uh, chapter 1, verse 2, the sense of no time. There's no time. There's no time for things of the church. I have all kinds of other things in my life. And then Haggai 1, verse 3 and 4, where it talks about the paneled houses. That was a kind of an extra fancy addition. People were just, just busy with themselves and busy with getting more and more and more. And so the temple itself, the things of God, the things of faith, we're completely neglected. So that is a risk in our culture as well. We get very busy with all kinds of distractions. That's a central thing of our culture. And then the opposition, threats from those around us. As we stand up for things of faith, we do find we are opposed. And so even, even to declare Jesus as the only way of salvation gets us criticized as a church. How can we be so intolerant? Or if we actually stand up for a biblical definition of marriage, the marriage seminar here, if you, if you come out uh, this evening, if you've been coming to the evenings, it's a very clear biblical definition of marriage, headship, what's all going on. But, but some people would sit in there and think, oh, what is that? That's old. That's, that's a marriage is, is all kinds of different things. We would say no. No, it's what God made it to be. And it's blessed in how he designed it. But that opposition can also throw people off. And they feel too. Really, what's the point? And the whole effort of being church can come under threat. So here in Haggai, he answers these kind of threats. In Haggai 1 verse 2, he says, The time to rebuild is now. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. In other words, stop making excuses. And so, so we need to see the importance again. Continually recognize the importance of what it is to be a Christian, to be part of a church, to be faithful as a church fellowship, to see how important that is, and to have the church be the best it can be. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. We do, others do. This is the vital work. And any excuses we make, oh, it's not now, it's not really important, I'm busy, all that has to fade behind the truth that, no, this is the work that is important. This is what God calls us to do. This is what he sees central in our lives. And if it's not, then we are out of touch with God's plan. And so Haggai lays that clearly before the people again. And we need to have that clearly before us. Haggai 1 verse 3 and 4, make the work a priority. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? And that sense of priorities. It's amazing. I find, I find in my own life too, if I have something that I feel I really want to do, I get it done. I, I, my energy, my effort, my time, my money, this is what is going to get done. If we prioritize things, we put our effort into it, we bring everything to bear on it, and then it happens. 
the things of God, of faith, of the church, of the ministry he calls us to, need to be a priority. And what he's saying is, otherwise, we are just really wasting our time. And that's why in Haggai 1, verses 5 and 6, this is what the Lord says, be care- give careful thought to your ways. So reflect on your life, reflect on your priorities. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages, only to put them in a purse with holes in it. In other words, God's blessings are linked to obedience. You will never find peace and happiness and joy in all these things. The, the catalogs are out again for Christmas. And, and yeah, your new TV from last year is now old and out of date. And, and you need another one. And it just, it, it never ends. And, and the clothes you wear too, they're out of style. You need something else in order to be happy. And you need to, to eat the fancier foods and go out to fancier restaurants. And then you'll be happy. Did you know the Bible doesn't have the word happy in it? The Bible doesn't talk about being happy. When the Bible talks about things of importance, it talks about the the closest word you could translate as happy is blessed. So you are only happy when you are blessed in the work of the Lord. Then you are happy, in fact. And everything else that the world says, oh, you'll be happy with this new that and this everything this. No. You will only be happy when you are blessed by God, when you walk in his way, when you recognize his will for your life. And so Haggai is warning the people who are pursuing a very self-centered life, saying there will be no contentment there. Turn again to God. Rebuild. Haggai 1 verse 7. Rebuild. This is what the Lord says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains. Bring down timber and build a house of God. Work on that priority. That God may take pleasure in it and be honored. This is what we want to do with the Renewal Lab project. We want to refocus on the things truly of the Lord and assess where we can more fully do the things of God, work out the things of God, build his kingdom here as we go forward in faith. And I don't, I don't know the final outcome. Like we have a, a renewal process in place and we have a team that's meeting and praying and we're thinking about different things, but nothing is, nothing is firm at all. There's no plan or anything. But that we would seek, open our hearts, that God would work in us By his spirit. And that's exactly how Haggai ends. Haggai 1 verse 14 and 15. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, the spirit of the whole assembly of God. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day. And the spirit empowered them. We can always trust God's leading by the Spirit as we go forward in faith. So that's what we're doing. We want to watch out for the hindrances, but we recognize that God will bless. And he blessed in Haggai's day too. They went back to work, and in four years, they had the temple rebuilt. Took four more years, but they had the, the mount was done, the temple was done, the temple was rebuilt. God established his presence there clearly among the people. And, and do you know what? Do you know what else? It was 
It was that temple. It wasn't Solomon's temple. Solomon's temple had been destroyed. But it was that temple built by Zerubbabel, by Haggai. It was that very temple that 500 years later, that temple, Jesus walked in. Jesus walked through that temple and he was the fulfillment of the vision of that temple. And he stood in that temple and he said, destroy this temple, meaning his body, and I will rebuild it in three days. And he was pointing to the centrality of the sacrificial love of God that we just celebrated here today. And so we are still completely part of the vision of God working. And we are far, 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 far away from where that temple was built. But God, Jesus, by the Spirit, is building his kingdom here. Amen. Amen. And we are blessed to be part of that. We are blessed to be part of that. Maybe there's some things you're not happy about, about church, about faith, about each other. But know that we are called to be the blessed one who walk in the way of the Lord. And we want to continue to draw our central focus on Christ, who is working to build his kingdom. That redeeming work gives us hope as we are on that journey of mission. Let's pray together. Thank you.